Welcome back to Up Nerd. This is Top 3, Bottom 3. I'm not alone. I'm joined by my co-host who returns with his pick. Say hello, Mike, TFG1. Hello. Yes, it goes the other way. The TFG1 comes first. The great one comes before the Mike part. So this is the return episode. You chose Batman Beyond. Uh Why Batman Beyond? Because this is the 25th anniversary of Batman Beyond. 25 years ago this year, we actually already passed it a couple months ago, January 10th, 1999, Batman Beyond. Batman of Tomorrow, as it was titled originally. And I remember this off the top of my head from the commentaries, Bruce Timm and everybody else, Eric Radomski and all them, and Paul Dini. Bruce Timm was like, how, how are we going to, Bruce or Paul or one of them, Alan Burnett, I forget which one. How are we going to promote this Batman tomorrow, tomorrow night? Watch, watch Batman tomorrow night on, and it's like, okay, just call it Batman Beyond and be done with it. Why this show? Because I love the good episodes of this show. <laughs> You're saying there's bad episodes? Oh, right. Anyway, continue. Sorry. So. I love the good episodes of the show. I can, I actually have a list somewhere of all of the good, what I feel are the good episodes of the show. And I don't just say that to where it's like, oh, it's because I like these. No, it's because they're actually good and I do enjoy them anyway. But I think there's a lit out of the 52 episodes, I think just under half, there's 20 good episodes. Like, really good episodes, not just your standard, oh, I really enjoy it. No, this is, oh my God, jaw-droppingly awesome kind of thing. And there are so many psychological things that I can take out of this based on my own life and everything else. So, but yeah, Batman Beyond, 25th anniversary. I have almost all of the Funko Pop figures from Batman Beyond. I'm only missing one, but that's only because it's like $400. And don't ask me why a Funko Pop is $400, it's values, it's this, it's that, whatever. Basically, it's a Chase figure. The original one they released under DC Comics, the DC Comics line, number 33, had a Chase. It was basically just red eyes and metallic. But that thing is like $400, and I'm like, okay. But I have like six of the other ones. I'm not interested in... (laughs) No, I'm not interested in dumping on Funko Pops. They are... Uh-huh. You know, we've we've talked about it before in other shows. They're mm-hmm. not for me, and that's fine. Yeah. But mm-hmm. people like them, that's great. But I think one of the appeals to them is yeah, that they're generally inexpensive and four hundred mm-hmm. bucks. Oh, get the Lord. Well, four hundred dollars you could get this series on Blu-ray. You could buy the vinyl soundtrack release. You could do a bunch of other things after. <laughs> no, that. I, I don't know. I know. That is, I, oh yeah, boy. It's, yeah, it's. That is egregious. Anyway, so yeah, and just Batman Beyond has always been in my blood for the last 25 years because I remember where I was in 1999 when I saw Rebirth Parts 1 and 2. And I was like, who's this upstart Spider Man wannabe? And why is Bruce Wet? Why does Kevin Conroy sound old? What is going? Because I hadn't been in it. Like, I watched World's Finest in the 90s but i was actually by my then stepmother at the time she forbade me to watch batman the animated series saying it was too violent i was 13 or 14 at the time well and this show's kind of more violent and dark yeah so this is but, also a continuation of the dc oh, animated right. universe too yeah. yeah it's dc animated universe yep just grabbed me i like terry as a character i like most of the other main cast and then the we'll get into this but the voice cast in this show oh my god it's star after star after star after just amazing people it's really good yep you know what's not good (laughs) the first episode we're going to talk about so full disclosure i watched these because i am an idiot i watched rebirth one and two then mm-hmm. for some reason I decided, though, I'm going to watch the three bad episodes in a row. <laughs> and oh man, they're not good. Also, they're out of order. We'll get into that. But yeah, don't do 
don't do this. No. So we open with Centuries of the Lost Cosmos, which mm-hmm. is a whopping 6.4 on IMDb. Again, mm-hmm. we go by top three, bottom three as rated by IMDb. There's a lot of ties with Batman Beyond. There's only 52 episodes. Of mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. In any case, this episode is The Last Starfighter. Only Simon Harper creates a video game called Centuries and Last Cosmos. One of Terry's friends is really good at it. He has recruited these people to go after the actual writer mm-hmm. of it. And so he can take the money and he uses these kids essentially as his brainwashed minions. Mm-hmm. That's about it. This is, oh man. Yeah. Why? Why? So, okay. Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who worked on TV around this time are people that grew up with a lot of these eighties concepts and they always seem to put their spin on it. Right. This is one of those times. Mm-hmm. See, I do not remember Last Starfighter at all. I mean, it's quintessential 80s movie, but... I, but, I understand that but it it's is. Still a, it's a dumb premise. Let's be <laughs> honest here. It's a dumb premise. And for a show like Batman Beyond set up, set up in the DCAU and a show that has only a finite number of episodes, it's not great. I will say I love Batman Beyond, but man, you can tell in season two in particular... They had more episodes than they had good ideas for. So they suddenly jumped to an episode order of 26. They went 13, 26, 13. The first season is definitely sort of the tightest in terms of bangers versus that. Mm-hmm. The second season, there's 26 episodes is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you get stuff like this, which is a recycled 80s plot. On the bright side, we get. Patton Oswalt has a voice in it. That's great. That's about all I got. This was not, I Simon, yeah, no. there's a, a few things to mention, I guess. One is, I don't know how Simon Harper made this much money from the video games. I don't think Rockstar has enough money to build spaceships and stuff in their garage. Mm-hmm. And they're an entire company. The premise is not great. No. And then... I noticed something, I mean, it's something that's pretty common in the three not great episodes, and that is Batman gets his butt kicked a lot. Yeah, he does. Terry gets a really bad showing against a bunch of dudes at the Hall of Records, and he just has trouble with them up until the end fight. Oh, 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 okay, let's talk about the the, the Hall of Records. So these kids that this Simon Trent dude has recruited to be his centuries of the last cosmos. Simon Harper, do not Whatever. do not sully the name Trent with this. Hey, anyway, if it resonates with you, you know Simon Harper. Fine, Simon Trent was the great ghost. I remember that now. Yep. That that's why I had the name in my head. Don't mix up bad episodes of <laughs> good, be know, with good episodes. Of... So Simon Harper. Terry is 16, 15, 16, 17, 16, yeah. he's 16. Okay. He's a teenager. He's in high school. That's all well, good and fine. These other kids are either 14, 13, 12 or 11. Like they're not little, yeah, little friend, kids. Yeah. And his friend, not. Corey, his friend Corey is like a good two feet shorter than Terry. Yeah. And I'm like, how are these little kids trouncing Batman? And this is at a point in the series where. He's been Batman. This isn't like going all the way to the end of the series with the series finale with Unmasked, where it is, you know, he goes, does a whole flashback and actually tells you his first night as Batman, et cetera, et cetera, where he's very green. It isn't that at all. He's been Batman for a while. And these kids are just, maybe it's he doesn't want to hurt the kids. It's the only stupid, and I'm not saying it's not a stupid excuse. I'm saying it's a stupid excuse. I don't mean that it's a stupid excuse. But God, Batman, just beat the ever-living snot out of them. Yeah, this is not, (laughs) this was not a great episode. This is one of those that the show very much, when it doesn't hit, it feels like your generic Saturday morning cartoon. It reminds me a lot. So I did a podcast with you and Jesse Early, and we talked about Transformers, the comic series. 
James Guy Bound Entertainment, Image yeah. Comics. Yep. And Jesse at one point mentioned Autobot X, and it reminds <laughs> me of it reminds me of that. It's just kind of a throwaway episode. This is just not a good throwaway episode. There is one line in this that I absolutely love, and I gotta look and make. When did this? Oh, well, okay, it was about a year. Wait, is oh. it the Jar Jar thing? You think there's the connection? Is Jar Jar lame? <laughs> uh, I don't like it. it just kind of dates it. No, it dates it right, but it's just the way that Wilfred L says it as Batman. Because, again, you look at Bruce Wayne Batman and you look at Terry McGinnis Batman. Kevin Conroy, may the man rest in peace. He's been gone a couple years now. He always distinguished the Bruce Wayne voice and the Batman voice. Will kind of does the same thing. He does. A little, like, there is a very... I think you get better at it as the series goes on. As the series goes on, right. But my point is, Terry's voice is, I'm Terry McGinnis. I go to Hamilton Hill High, which don't ever name a high school after Hamilton Hill. Please don't do that, Gotham. That's all other, whatever. But then his Batman voice isn't this gravelly, but it's... It's deeper. It's better. So again, distinction between the two characters, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just the way that in his Batman voice that Will Friedel says that line that just makes me crack up so much. <laughs> Sorry. After that, we get to an episode that has a nice score. 6.9. The episode is Joyride. It's tied with our next one. Are Joyride and Rats top? I rats don't know. Okay, to, good. Who, who is voting for this on IMDb? Because, oh hey. my God, Rats should be at a 3.2. Yeah, that's something I wanted to bring up when we got to Rats. But anyway, for right now, Joyride Jerry. is a 6.9. It is much better than Rats, but whatever, we'll get to that. Joyride. The Jokers come across a military prototype and they steal it, and it's them joyriding around in it while Batman slash Terry chases after them, as well as the creator of said military vehicle. The military vehicle has a nuclear reactor, which for whatever reason is still a thing in Neo-Gotham this far in the future. And so it's in danger of blowing up most of the city. Yep. That's pretty much it, folks. That's the whole episode right there. There's just not much to say about this no, one. This it's is... just not, it's just kind of nothing, which is if... weird because it shouldn't be with these two other episodes, which are less than nothing. Mm-hmm. I like how gullible the Jokers are. It's aliens, yo, I'm telling you, it's aliens. It's outer space. That was kind of whatever, but I think what should have been, what we should have seen more in this is... The Jokers versus the T's. We should have seen more of the gangs, and we should have seen the gangs fighting over the car or whatever. If, you, if you're going to do a generic, hey, let's steal a car and do a joyride episode, have the two warring gangs fight over the damn thing. So if they any, weren't oh, really fighting over it. It's a note I have in Rebirth Part 1. But I guess I'll just do it now because I don't have a lot to say about Joyride. (laughs) The Jokers as a gang are an interesting concept. Just in terms of we know who the Joker was. This is 20 years. Well, it's longer than 20 years. Sorry. It's, It's more like about it's about 30 years after Batman, the animated series. But it's been quite some time. It's been more than 20 years since the Joker himself is gone. Yep. So it's an interesting concept to see how maybe that idea of him and how the concept and everything else got changed. Yeah. We never get to see any of that. Not in this episode, no. And well, not really in general until kind of Return of the Joker. Right. Return to the Joker is where we get a little more world building and we get more of the time in between Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. Yep. It just feels like a missed opportunity and an episode like this, where they focus largely on the jokers and they're meant to kind of be the antagonist Mm -hmm. could have fleshed them out a little, but it never, there's just nothing interesting in this really. No, it just kind of is there aside from, aside from Neo Gotham has the fastest fast food places ever. 
Because they have like 60 burgers cooked up in just, what, a second or two? Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. So what Bruce Tim has always said and what he said in the commentaries, it's now established where the Batman Beyond timeline is in yes. the animated series. But what he, what he always used to say was, Batman Beyond takes place 50 years in the future, whenever the future is. So 50 years from now, whatever now is. Hmm. However, we do know that there is a specific finite timeline where in the DCAU, Batman the Animated Series is wherever it is, Justice League is wherever it is, Batman Beyond exists starting at 2039, which means as of this year, we are 15 years away from this future. Oh, thank God. We'll finally have fine cars. <laughs> Although other times we'll have tires so they can get flattened and That's we can right. have a weirdly scenario where we need help and it makes us feel old anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Which, I mean, hey, look, we, we, we didn't get flying cars during 2015. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get them in 2039 either. It'd be great, but I don't think so. I so yeah. Know. I'll probably uh, be dead. So anyway. Well, I hope not. Well, I never know. Who knows what the future may hold? This was not a great episode, though. And I will mention, too, you've mentioned a couple times about some of the comments about the show and mm -hmm. hinted at the creation of it. IGN had a quite good long-form kind of making of recently. It's in video form. I highly recommend watching that. There's been a bunch of sort of interviews and stuff about it. Mm -hmm. If you like Batman Beyond, yeah, they're definitely a lot of fun to watch. And yep. if you like Batman Beyond and you want to not have fun, you can watch Rats, which was also rated 6.9 on IMDb. This is the worst episode of the three. I don't know yeah. how it got 6.9. I thought Centuries would be the worst. I pretty much... So Rats, for some reason, I mixed it up with the episode where Max and Bruce get trapped oh right i, I yeah. mixed it up and i merged it mm -hmm. into at least an okay concept mm -mm. but there's no saving this so no dana feels neglected by terry in the midst of all this there are stories about man eating rats from the sewers abducting people turns out we get patrick the rat boy who we never really find out what his deal is, by the way. Why does he look like a mm -hmm. rat? It just seems, is he a rat? Is he Splinter? Is, is it Splinter? Like in one continuity, he was a rat that gained the properties of a man, or was he a man that gained the properties of a rat? Disgust. It's just them trying to. Oh, this, this was every 80s. Oh, this I, is every I, 80s I cartoon yeah. again. This is another I, one of those filler yeah. episodes. Yeah, Rat Fink, Rat King, Rat whatever. Like, this dude, this little kid here, Marty the Rat Boy or whatever his name Patrick. is. So whatever. an inept dude falls for the main character's girlfriend, abducts her, is socially awkward, eventually becomes angry, has yeah. to get rescued, the end. And And the thing about him is, is that at one point or another, he says to, I, I think he says, I think he says to Dana, don't make fun of me. Stop making fun of me. Blah, blah, blah. Look, I was made fun of as a kid my whole life as a child. So I kind of get it. But the problem is this is very bad writing. This is yeah. stalker type episode. Patrick's Look, just kind of a douchebag. Yeah. I he just, is, yeah. yeah. But he turns that jerky douchebaggery into being a stalker of Dana into kidnapping her and wanting her to live and be the mother of his rats and whatever. At one point or another, he says, oh, oh well, I want to mother some rats, really. How does that even work? Again, we get I, back I, into the, he has a tail. So again, <laughs> we get back into the anatomy problems here. But uh, you know what? No, this... it's not. No, dude, it's not really an anatomy problem. This show has splicers you can get oh, that's true oh, that's a good point maybe for some yeah. reason his parents yeah spliced him with a rat i don't know we'll never know this is one of those great oh, it, mysteries and you know it, it, the less you know everybody on x or twitter i need you to at up nerd mm -hmm. podcasts but also at bruce tim to 
find out what Patrick's deal was. I need to know I, what species he is. I don't think he's on X anymore. Um, ever was. I know Paul Dini I, is, but all right. Uh, Message Paul Dini. I don't know. Maybe he, he can ask somebody. Please don't harass the creators of the show for this episode. Anyway. So, you know what? This is rated as 6.9. It has one redeeming feature, which I feel like probably gives it an extra two points. Mad Stan is awesome. Why was there never an episode of just Mad Stan? He's oh, so there was. Much, well, I know, but why wasn't it this one instead of Patrick? Because that specifically, by the way, is in my notes. Like, why not another episode focusing on Mad Stan and not dumb rat guy as a, what I have written? Anywho. Mad Stan is fantastic. He's voiced by Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins, yeah. I could have had that as part of the episode all day, and it would have been much better. Oh, yeah. So. Because Mad Stan is like, just blow it all up. Yeah. He's, he runs around yelling conspiracy theories, wants to blow everything up. Yeah. He's fun. It's a fun it's villain. So we have two 6.9s and a 6.4. The 6.4 seems high i would give it a 6.1 i'm giving out a 10 right yeah so imdb is out of 10 okay the 6.9 for joyride is fine it can sit there it's just mad rats is way too high at 6.9 even with mad stan i would probably put centuries at like a (laughs) 5.4 i would put joyride at a 4.4 because there's nothing there and then rats easily gets a straight zero Ouch. maybe right. maybe gets a one so because mad stan is there yeah i also but, want to mention i also want to mention that in rats and i forgot to mention this about joyride joyride at least sort of makes sense in rats batman gets beat up by rats <laughs> again another bad showing he actually gets rescued by dana at one point too yes he does against a bunch of rats oh right oh so you have the screenshot too and wanted to bring <laughs> this up that Dana runs through fire barefoot. She also yeah. goes swimming in sewage, like yeah. dives in. Yeah. And there's, listen, there's no way she's getting out of that without the next 20 episodes should have been her just getting a tetanus shot every three mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah, there's no saving for, oh, there's just no saving rats. It's a bad episode. It, it's a very bad, no one should have, look folks. You know how everyone's always, we do this so you don't have to insert whatever this is so you don't have to kind of thing. I've seen this episode more times than I ever want to admit to seeing and not because I wanted to watch it. It's because I've been podcasting about this thing for the last 15 and a half years. And I love Batman Beyond, but uh-huh. there are episodes to just skip. And oh, yeah. These three or three so, of them. Yeah. So before we get to the good episodes, let me just run through this really quickly. I sent a list of what I feel are good episodes to someone who was looking to get more definition on the show. And for season two, I have six out of the. Oh, yeah, that's a bad ratio. Out of the the 26, I have six good episodes that I like from season two. Lost Soul, which is the one with uh, Robert Vance and all that, and the the the, the computer that invades the, the old man who becomes a computer, etc. Hidden Agenda, which is the one with Max and the grades and the Jokers and Carter and all that. Egg Baby, because it was nominated but didn't. Well, no, it not it was it. Egg Baby is fun. fun. I know some fans yeah. don't like yeah. it, but I love it. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, April Moon. I will always love that episode. Payback. This one really hits home for me because it's basically about state's custody and being in shelters and kids being in in group homes and things like that. I went through that kind of situation when I was a teenager. And then Ace in the Hole, because Ace in the Hole is Ace's origin story. That's it. Six episodes out of 26 for season two. Pork, pork. Those are the only good ones. Speaking of origin stories. Mm Mm-hmm. And move into the good episodes because I kind of want to do them chronologically in this case. Oh, yes. Because we open with Rebirth. Rebirth is the first two parter of the series, and it is also the first two episodes of the series. Rebirth part one is 8.4 on IMDb, part two is 8.3. So part two technically misses our requirements, but watching half of the episode just doesn't really make a lot of sense. This is. The origin of Terry McGinnis as Batman. Long story short, 
his father comes across a conspiracy, in this case, building weapons at Wayne Powers by a Mr. Derek Powers, who is the boss there. His father is killed to keep it quiet. Before this has happened, Terry's had a run-in with the Jokers and met old man Bruce Wayne. The two of them fight off the gang, but Bruce needs help. During his time at the mansion, Terry discovers the Batcave, which continues its trend of having horrendous security. <laughs> Terry decides to take things into his own hands and steals the bats and we get batman beyond in the process he creates his own main villain at least for a period of time in Derek mm -hmm. powers and yeah it sets the status quo which is bruce wayne is retired and essentially is not essentially he really is he's the man in the chair to terry guides him on missions and this is the first time we see that mm -hmm. second of all so a bunch of things firstly I hinted at this before, this is the bulk of the note. Before we even get to the opening of the series, by the way, I have, the intro is still lit and it tells me to say this in Smallville style because I said that for Smallville. The <laughs> intro to this show is still lit, by the way. In any case, there's a cold open to this though, directly into Bruce Wayne's last trip out as Batman. Yep. He's sent to rescue some sort of debutante, millionaire daughter, whatever, who they so, see the ransom for, and she's still trapped. Okay, before you go on, we, we, we cannot pass this up, because this is a great reference. This is Bunny Vreeland, which is either yes. Veronica Vreeland's daughter or granddaughter. Veronica Vreeland was the one that always got kidnapped in BTAS by Mr. Freeze or whoever. My problem here, though, is, like I mentioned with the Jokers, I feel like this was a bit of a missed opportunity because we have to wait, really, until Return of the Joker to get a little bit more of the story and the trauma that Bruce suffered to make him leave laid out for us. And my problem here is that this is the first two episodes of the series. This would be cut and put together on a VHS and a DVD set. Mm -hmm. with the two of them together why not just make it three episodes i really feel like you could have explored this part a little mm -hmm. more second of all we could have gotten a little bit more time with terry now having said that they do a great job of filling in terry and his backstory and everything else as the show goes on so i understand that but i don't know i would have liked to have seen a little bit more of bruce's history here well, I think the reason why we don't is because this show, and this is my personal looking into it, I, I, I don't know if Bruce Tim or Paul Dini or anybody ever said anything like this, but this is just the way I, it's kind of like how we always look at Transformers as a toy brand. Hasbro comes at it for kids and then, he, then they come at it for us as collectors. Batman Beyond was the same thing. Yeah. Because they are relying on all of us who grew up watching Batman the Animated Series, new Batman Adventures, Batman Superman Adventures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, Batman is a teenager. Batman is Peter Parker. Batman yeah. is blah, 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 Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. No, I know you know, but I'm just, I, I want to put that out there because yeah. that's why we don't get as much of Bruce's stuff. But what we do get... Oh, man. Yeah, what we do get is gold. And I also think there's something to be said for letting the show actually be Terry's show. Mm -hmm. There's a common theme in these episodes that we're going to talk about is a lot of them are kind of steeped in the Batman mm -hmm. mythos. And we could have gone a little further because there's stuff like Meltdown is a really good episode from season one that sees the return of Mr. Freeze, another Batman, the animated series villain obviously and one of its most notable but again it's a bit of a disservice to terry and his rogue gallery like it kind of stinks that we don't get an episode with ink who was one of my favorite new villains obviously we'll talk about her a little later when we get to the call but yeah. it would have been nice and on the same note this these two episodes create blight so derek powers were introduced to him he is mm -hmm. part of Wayne Powers. He is the CEO of the merged company. And when Bruce sort of got all bitter and became a recluse, mm -hmm. Derek Powers takes over. 
Yep. And along the same lines, by the way, I want to know, could they have made him any more evil in mm -hmm. terms of look at his character model, mm -hmm. his animation model, look at the clothes they give him all the time. He is just, he's destined to be evil anyway. Yep. By the end of this episode, he has to be doused in radiation to save him from the bioweapon that he himself had created. Mm -hmm. He becomes the villain, Blight. Yep. Blight is a big part of season one. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of season one, he is not quite dispatched with. I mean, he returns, obviously, in comics and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But in terms of this show, in terms of what's canon, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. he never returns again. It was a weird choice to just kind of off him at the end of the first 13 episodes. A good villain. He was interesting. I kind of liked him. I wish they had, yeah. I wish we could have seen him again in season three when I feel like the writers wrote a much more confident Terry. Yeah. To have him kind of go up against his first villain and the guy he created, the sort of Joker to Terry's Batman. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't. So there, that was there's weird. There's an episode in season two. I forget which one it is. Is it? It's, I don't think it's Splicers. There's an episode where we end up dealing with Paxton Powers, which yes. is Derek's son. Yes. Uh, and oh yeah. Oh wait, no. Maybe I'm thinking of Ascension. Paxton okay. Powers. We first see him when he betrays his dad. But right. We do see him again later on. Right. Blight is created at the end of Rebirth. He's a corporate villain, and in season two, they went to the high school villains, so he couldn't really do anything. If you look at all of the episodes in season two, most of it is all, like, all the kids in the high school get mutated or get this or get that or find, but it's always something with the high school in season two. And again, this I do remember from commentaries and things that Bruce Tim and everybody else had said, I'm kind of glad that, I'm not glad would I want more with Derek? Yes. I just don't think there was a place for him in season two, maybe in season three, but I personally think as, so we all know Bruce Wayne, Batman has the Joker as his ultimate nemesis. That's his scarred face coin kind of thing. It's not blight for Terry. I've never, ever thought it was blight for Terry as Terry's big bad. It's ink. And we'll talk about her later. Like you I said, guess it's, and I'll, I'll bring that up later as to why I, I, I've always felt that so, way. Yeah. Some other notes from this one. I have, I like how Terry is set up. He's much younger. He's kind of a hothead. He's mm -hmm. really the opposite of Bruce. When we see Bruce Wayne start out in Mask of the Phantasm, Bruce is more kind of frustrated. He just kind of wants to get to it. Terry is a lot different than that. So I like that dichotomy. I like how different it is. I found it odd. I forgot about this, that power security dudes are in essentially the same outfit that Shriek has, which is yep. a little weird, but hey, whatever. Well, I guess Shriek, it's going around. Yeah, yeah Shriek's sound suit powers supplied it because yeah, and powers I know. originally. But what I, but it's but just what weird. But, it's the same as right. like the security dudes. Yeah, but what I'm going to say is, is that you're right. It is like the security dudes, but the security dudes ones are way more yeah. generic. And then Shriek actually modified his as, yeah. as he along. So we also, the last sort of point I have about these, aside from the fact that Bruce's security continues to suck in <laughs> every Batman. <laughs> but in any case, we get the first instance of this, and this is a recurring theme to me. And yeah. that is Terry straight up murdering a dude. <laughs> oh, no, is yeah. Bruce okay with any of this? No. Anyway, he straight up kills Mr. Fix in this, who's voiced by George Takei. George Takei, yeah. And he is the one who killed Terry's dad, but he straight up kills him. And he kills a fair amount of people, by the way, over the span of the series. We just don't necessarily get into a lot of them in these episodes. But yeah, yeah it's interesting to me. Terry's little little... I mean, he's definitely more angry than Bruce. He's a little more cold than Bruce, I guess, or at least he's, I don't know, we're okay with just letting the villains die, I guess, because he doesn't try to save Mr. Fix at all. Right. So that's the, yeah, so that's what it is. It's not that Terry is colder than Bruce because Bruce Wayne, like that dude has icicles running through his veins. However. No, that's Mr. Freeze. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he shot him with the, with the freeze gun. Anyway. <laughs> but. 
we see it at at the at the beginning of the the opener here and the look on his face he's been batman so long and he can't do it anymore the one thing he would never do he almost does and he doesn't thankfully and he goes back to the cave and he says that famous line never again because he realized he got to a point in his old age that he couldn't do it anymore and he was about to shoot that dude yeah he used to try to use a gun and he he recoils in shock from it yep meanwhile Uh, the guy we talked about in the previous episode last week is just like man that's tuesday i shot 46 (laughs) people this morning they were all criminals who deserved it and i'm gonna go out and shoot 40 more no anyway Two notes I have for part one. I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed this. It's CCH Pounder as the newscaster lady. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Bruce Tim is the purple head Joker from yep. the Joker gang. So that's part one for me. And then what I love, and I need to bring this up because I need to bring this up all the time, is in part two, as we see Terry using the suit and it's before Bruce gets to a point of, of threatening him to deactivate it. I love seeing the heroes not know it before they learn it. Oh, I love yeah. seeing the heroes having to look like there's a scene where he can't fly very Terry, well. Yeah, yeah. Terry nearly falls off the reef after stealing the bat suit. That's a good instance of him not knowing what the hell he's doing, but he eventually will learn. And I love that in stories. In general, I, he's not super confident when he starts out either. He has <laughs> some issues with the security guys. Yep. Later on, we'll see him without the suit be able to wreck Rachel Ghoul's security, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Terry on his own, man, he's pretty scrappy. He's pretty good outside that suit. The only other note I had and I'm going to bring up the the recently released dynamic music partner soundtrack score to this for season one. They released Batman Beyond Volume 1 last year, and I have been waiting 25 years to hear this music outside of the show. Hmm. And it's the end of Rebirth. Very good then, Mr. McGinnis. Welcome to my world. And this is before it goes to the cut scene to the end. That note, as Bruce is saying those old, and I, I, we now have that with that, that soundtrack score release. So I am, so I cannot wait to see in here if, if, and when dynamic music partners, Alita Romanas, Michael McQuishan and Christopher Carter release volumes two, three, and however many more they want to do 95 tracks for volume one, which is pretty much every single piece of music in season one of the show. So good. Speaking of music, how about a musical? Out of the Past, <laughs> rated 8.5. This opens with the infamous Batman the Musical, which is fantastic. Kevin Conroy gets to actually use his pipes on this one. Rest in peace to Kevin Conroy. And then also rest in peace to David Warner, who we hear in this mm-hmm. episode. Yep. Also should be noted, this one's got a heck of a cast because we get Hamill and Rosenbaum in this one too. <laughs> Anywho, this is the episode I think a lot of people have seen or heard of, et cetera, et cetera. This is the episode Talia shows up to Gotham. It is Bruce's birthday and he's feeling old. (laughs) After an incident where Bruce's car, which inexplicably has tires, after we see a bunch of vehicles that don't have tires in this show, also the old Batmobile could just reinflate its tires. Why could Bruce's normal vehicle not just do that? Whatever. It... (laughs) It was a setup by Talia mm-hmm. yep. to force Bruce into wanting to use the Lazarus pit, which she has offered mm-hmm. to let him go, saying that it doesn't have the issues it had before of making you cuckoo. As it did Raz Al Ghul, as Terry likes to call him, which is pretty Rish. funny. I know. It's amusing that he does it deliberately later. So yep. With this... Bruce eventually takes the treatment, becoming significantly younger, but deciding that it was a moment of weakness, he wants to leave. At which point, when he goes to talk to Talia, he hears Rachel Ghoul's distinctive voice by David Warner mm-hmm. and discovers that Rach has imprinted his mind over Talia. And the idea was he could take over Bruce Wayne's body. 
and essentially return to Gotham as a billionaire, as Bruce Wayne, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. This is foiled by Terry, who escapes from the guards, who are going to feed him to alligators or crocodiles. Terry saves Bruce. Terry tries to save Talia slash Raish, who comes back, but the Lazarus pit explodes, in theory, killing Raish for the umpteenth time. End of episode. This was fantastic. Yep. I feel bad that, well, at least this one, more than the others, a lot of the top episodes we've talked about or and are going to talk about are focused at least a little bit on the past. But to be fair, the call does not. We'll get into that temporarily. This one, more than any of the others, though, is very focused on Batman, the animated series. Oh, yeah. But whatever, it's hard not to love this. It's really good. Rachel Ghoul was always a fantastic villain. David Warner is amazing. Rest in peace to his second best role. I would argue his best role is Gull Madrid in Chain of Command Part 1 and 2 in Star Trek The Next Generation as he tortures Picard endlessly with four to five lights depending on who you stop spoiling things for me i have a podcast that i'm doing about star trek now so don't spoil things for me please thank you you Uh, had 30 years yeah yeah yeah. 30 years technically almost 40 hey the Um, enterprise blows up in star trek 3 anyway yeah i i i i know that about the movies but sure but yeah i would argue okay so I'm not going to argue about it. I will definitively state my personal opinion on David Warner's roles outside of this. It's got to be Dillinger in Tron and Professor Jordan Perry in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Days. Ugh, no. So in this episode, we get a number of great scenes, but having the Batman team up to the music from Batman, the animated series sort of retuned a bit was fantastic. I really wish this is another one that I think could have easily been two parts. They could have struggled with Bruce's decision first to take the Lazarus pit and then his decision to decide against it could have been spread out a little more. Aside from there not being enough, I have very few complaints. I do only have one sort of major complaint about this episode. The Barbara Gordon thing is gross. It always was. Yeah. If you've ever watched Batman, the animated series over the edge, it really kind of spells it out too, that there's very much sort of a mentor thing going on. And Bruce, sorry, Bruce as Batman is friends with James Gordon. It just, it's icky. I've never liked it at all. I don't know why this is a thing with Bruce Tim and he will defend it to his death, but it's (laughs) gross. No, she was going out with Dick Grayson. She was going out with Dick Grayson. Like, you even said that. You even showed that. And she's at best half his age. Yeah. It's really weird to me. And then, like I say, there's the whole mentor student dynamic. There's, I'm friends with your dad. It's kind of weird to me. Yeah, it is very weird. Never figured that out. Could have replaced it with, I would have loved if it was a picture of Andrea. Oh, she's there. I know, but I mean, could have had more, or they could have had the, he sees the, he goes through the pictures with Talia later on. He could have just had her there too. Mm -hmm. I I know she mentions, wish there were pictures of me, but whatever. Yeah. Still, this is a great episode. It is fantastic. If you're showing somebody one episode of Batman Beyond, it's usually going to be that one. I like, obviously, like we already mentioned, Superstitious Carly Lot, the whole musical at the beginning. Yes. This is Shway. It's Schwarbage. Mm. Like, I absolutely love that. That's just hilarious. And I love Bruce that he's facing his legacy, but he also knows deep down that the Lazarus Pit is a cheat. Yep. He's not going to just do it just to do it. His discussion and his really his mocking of <laughs> Rachel Ghoul for using it comes across very much like the old Batman and Mm -hmm. it's that old dynamic is returned again. And I really like this episode. It doesn't undercut Terry. I mean, he still is the one he gets to save Bruce in the end. Yeah. It doesn't make him look bad. Like I mentioned the, the episodes that are not good. Batman gets beat up a lot. Yeah. Gets his butt whooped by everybody. Get beat up by rats. 
and children. Yep. But this one, he doesn't. And it's nice. They let him be the hero without Bruce seeming like an imbecile as well. So, no, it does pretty much everything right. I wish it had been more than one episode. Yeah. No, that would have been nice, but oh well. it is what it is. Yep. Do you know what wasn't one episode? <laughs> that is The Call, which is an 8.6 and an 8.7. These two rank as the highest episodes of the entire series. I'm not sure about that. No. I lean more towards out of the past. I also, yes. it's tough for me. So one real life note about this, Justice League didn't exist when this not show yet. started. Yep. This is canonically the first appearance of the Justice League in the DC animated universe. Having yeah. said that, it still doesn't feel like the Justice League. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I, and I, it's probably kind of a dumb reason for me, but whatever. It's one of the reasons why this doesn't feel like the best episode of the show. It isn't the best episode. According to IMDb, it is. Yeah, I know. IMDb is wrong. That's the purpose of this show is to argue it. Yeah. Pretty good with Smallville last, last time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But again, you're, you're putting up a show that had. 10 years over X number of episodes versus a show that had 52 episodes in three seasons. Yeah. There's going to be a bunch more arguably best of, or best whatever. And Batman beyond, unfortunately is, it is not that show. I I wish it was. It is just not. Having said that too, I have next to no notes on the episode because I just kind of went along with it. It's they're very good. So my yeah, complaints so, are somewhat moot. Yeah, just yeah, based I on I that. Have, yeah, I don't have many complaints about so, it. I enjoyed the episode. So let me just run this down really quick. Shooter McGavin is the voice of Superman. Yes, folks, that's right. I know. That's, Christopher. So that's one of the notes I have is when yep. you find out it was Shooter McGavin, you should know he's evil. Yep. <laughs> Instantly, you should have known Superman was the bad guy the second you hear him speak. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Kryptonite. This could kill him, right? Do whatever yeah. it takes. And that's one of the few times that, that Bruce has ever said, do whatever it takes. Part two notes. Oh, the preserver. Yay. It's a callback to Superman, the animated series. Yep. Yep. Lobo isn't there at all. Yeah. And Lobo isn't there at all. <laughs> and I noticed that animation model on Superman. I don't know who was animating that, but the design on him does not look like STAS Superman. It looks like. A cross between Adventures of and Fleischer suit. Like, it was really weird looking. It was bad animation to me. Okay. It was meant as, for whatever reason, it was meant as an homage to the Fleischer one for some reason. I guess part of that is because this episode contains Starro. So, yeah. Quick rundown, actually. Okay. Batman gets called away to Metropolis to, and we'll get into the opening. Don't worry. I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about her, but anywho, he gets called away to Metropolis by Superman who visits Gotham. He believes there's a mole in the Justice League after Micron, one of their members, gets incapacitated and almost killed. Long story short, someone's picking off members of the Justice League. They try to kill Aqua Girl, is it? Yes, it's Aqua Girl, yeah. Thank you, okay. Anywho, they try to kill Aqua Girl. Next up is Hawk, or sorry, Warhawk. I almost called him Hawkman. I know that's <laughs> yeah. definitely not Hawkman. Sorry, though. No. Trying to kill Warhawk next, at which point it is discovered through Bruce and Terry looking at footage from the Batmobile that it is, in fact, Superman who is trying to kill members of the Justice League. That leads to the scene you mentioned, by the way, where Bruce gives Terry some synthesized kryptonite, which is a really cool reference slash thing. Warhawk, by the way, was fine. The League of Batman confronts Superman. It is discovered that he's being controlled by a starfish thing, which is clearly meant to be a reference to Starro, who is one of the original villains for Superman. And it's a really cool, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't, I wasn't up on my DC stuff back then. But yeah, that was pretty neat. And yes, it also harkens back to its Superman animated episode. Yep. Which was nice. Like I mentioned though, Lobo for whatever reason is removed, which makes me wonder if this was during the time that 
there was some sort of lawsuit going on. I can't remember if this was in that time frame where Lobo was, yeah, who knows? It's not that important, but Superman is the bad guy. He ends up freeing more of the Starro's, or I guess at this point they'd be Starro's children. Cause we only see the collector take one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so he was, maybe it yeah, was so, real pregnant. I don't know. Oh, so what happened was the collector took the Starro from its world and then because, and the, the cool thing about the call, and I think, is it part one or part two? I don't know. Whichever one has the commentary on, I'll, I don't have the DVDs in front of me. They're in the other room. I have the Blu-ray set. But the cool thing about it is they actually argue on the commentary about when Starro got placed on, attacked Superman to get, and I think it's Will Friedel and it's Bruce Tim. Back and forth, back and forth. No, it was this. It was that. He, he has the black suit. He has it. And they get to the scene like, see, I told you. And Bruce is like, oh, okay. Hmm. But yeah, so basically at some point after Superman saves all the, the whatevers from the, from the preserver, he then takes them obviously to Fortress Solitude. And yeah, because he didn't know where to st- put them. Right. Yeah. But, but again, he wasn't going to kill them. He wasn't going to whatever. And... The Starro creature is one prison's as good as another kind of thing. And because of being in prison, I guess this creature wants to take over the world. I wasn't too clear on that, but that's where all the, the copies come from because he's been on Superman for decades now and whatever else and everything else and all that. So that's, that's the yeah, best. Yeah, but it still doesn't explain how he had caught. Co- I'm, I'm just assume that he can reproduce and it's fine. Probably, whatever. Probably. I can live with that. In any case. We also get, so in the end, Batman frees Superman when it's discovered that they have a weakness or the Starros have a weakness to electricity. He uses the Batmobile initially, which by the way, pre this, we got the great line of, is that faster than a speeding bullet? Mm-hmm. Which is great. How fast does this thing go? Mach 3. <laughs> yeah. That faster than a speeding Speed bullet. bullet. I, so since, since you bring that up, I have to bring this up. This is one of my notes. This is one of the reasons why I'm hoping that DMP releases seasons two and three of Batman Beyond, because this moment after Terry says that is one of the best Batmobile chase music scenes ever. They took the Superman, the animated series theme and twisted it into this dark thing as Shooter McGavin Superman is flying vertically after the Batmobile, using his heat vision on the car. Yeah, it was oh nice. my god! Like it it's was so good. good. I've loved that scene forever. They're able to free Superman, and in the end, he helps free the other members of the Justice League. End of story. They ask Batman slash Terry to join. He says no. Well, he doesn't just say no. Well, he says no, but what what is said is. The original Batman never made it past a part-timer. Yeah, he wasn't what you would call a joiner. And then Terry says, maybe he and I have something in common after all. Because those were, very, even though this show, well, by this time, Justice was Justice League out by the call? Call was season three, so yeah, probably Justice League was out by then. I think. I don't remember. Anyway, good lines. Good episodes. And yeah. worthy of the 8.6 and the 8.7, I don't know that it's the best episode of the series. Yeah, it's a really good episode. It's easily top 10, top 15, top 20, etc. out of 52. But, you know, but yeah, it's a good Justice League episode. And it's a good Justice League episode where you have no expectations other than Batman and Superman maybe aqua girl a little bit and i completely forgot that wayne brady was the voice of micron yeah notice that too yeah that was a weird one justice league started in 2001 yeah and this was 2000 still so which is yeah that's weird oh well what are you gonna do so before we wrap up with one other batman beyond thing to bring up but want to talk a little bit about the series as a whole did they get it right i think we both agree no i don't agree with the don't really agree with the imdb ratings so i mentioned this before almost all the episodes have around a 7.1 
like three mm-hmm. quarters of this whole series seems to be 7.1, which, okay, fine. Cause I mean, they're not bad. Most of the episodes are not bad. Yeah. And there's definitely a fair number of standouts. There are other episodes rated the same as Rebirth that we could have done, but I kind of wanted to do the first two episodes. Yeah, it no, makes sense. It makes sense. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a good series. Is it worth watching for people? I don't know if it's worth it if you're not invested, if you haven't watched Batman the Animated Series or something like that. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is presently all of a sudden available a lot more widely up here. For the mm-hmm. longest time, it was hidden behind WB, which was behind a couple of different paywalls up mm-hmm. here in country I live in that is not America. But it's a lot more available right now because it's just been added to Prime. The whole series is there, which is nice. Without it, I don't know. It's tough to recommend because, like you said, the season two is kind of a slog. Yeah. There's, I agree, there's about 20 episodes of just kind of fine filler. It, yeah, it's, again, so that you start with the, the I don't want to say histrionics, but you start with the legacy of Bruce Wayne in various forms, even though it's Terry's yeah. show. You get through those 13 episodes. You go into season two, okay, let's aim for the kid market now. Let's go towards, and there are really good episodes in season two. There are at least six of them. I've counted. Thank you. But the rest are just kind of there. Yeah, you just kind of forget about them. They bleed into each other. Yeah. The other thing to note is a lot of season two doesn't feature some of the best villains and characters of the show. So, Ink. Ink was featured briefly, which was nice and a nice callback in the first part of the call. Yeah. Ink is essentially a female Clayface, but is kind of a lot more than that. I mean, she's mm-hmm. consumed with wealth. We actually see her estranged daughter in the previous appearance of her in this show. Inkling, yep. Yeah. But she's one of the best villains. I also liked Shriek was interesting because he led to a couple of really interesting animated sequences on the show. Yep. And there was Blight, there's Spellbinder, who's pretty good. Like, all yep. of these are better than Patrick the Rat Boy. Yes. So with, with Ink, since you mentioned her, I will say, the reason why I and a lot of other people feel that she is Terry McGinnis, that she is Terry's ultimate number one big bad, is because she's always gotten one up on him and he has gotten one up on her several times, mostly with water and electricity, but she's the only villain in this entire series that's made it into the bad cave. She almost found out the secret. There's also stuff like whether you consider her a villain or not, she is initially there's 10, which is another really good character from this series who I liked a lot. She is essentially this Batman's Catwoman. Catwoman, yes. And is really well done. To a certain extent, I'd argue Ink could almost be the Catwoman as well, too. Not in the romantic sense, obviously. Not in the romantic sense, no. Ink is more the villain Catwoman. And Anna is more the romantic love interest, because obviously close to age, even though he already has a girlfriend. And there's episodes all about that and everything else. Uh, Really quickly, I wanted to mention Talia one more time, because in this episode... She is voiced by Olivia Hussey, who did not voice her originally. Nope. Yeah, her voice seemed off. And when I initially heard it, and I immediately knew, okay, so for whatever reason, they didn't Uh get the same. Uh Same with, I mean, Superman as well, too. The instant he speaks, I knew, you know, it's not Tim Daly. Or, yeah, and it it wouldn't have been George Newbern yet because they haven't, they hadn't done Justice League yet. But but I'm okay with it. Uh, Superman, I'm okay with because... He's an older Superman, yeah. and it's it's fine. But with Talia, with how young Raish still wanted her to be and everything, and you have Raish, so you would think that you would get Supergirl back because the original voice of Talia was Helen Slater. Yeah, I don't know. It's, there's no yeah. mention either if she was just unavailable or what. This series is a good show, and it stands on its own fairly well, too. But I still don't know. I think it helps... It's helped a lot if you're more invested in the Batman mythos and you're used to the animated series and some of its characters. It's really worth watching if you go on to watch Justice League. Yeah. 
Absolutely it is. And it definitely ties heavily into it in a few episodes. So Yeah. And I think one of the things for me is you said you don't know you'd recommend this to people. I would, but I would recommend my watch order. I would recommend recommend episodes. episodes. I I would recommend the, the list of episodes that I keep that I know because I could then tell them, okay, watch this. And if you like this, then go back and watch Batman the Animated Series. Go back and watch where the legacy came from. You should not have to watch Batman the Animated Series to get into Batman Beyond because it goes forwards and backwards in time. And before I forget, price correction According to HobbyDB, the Batman Beyond Funko Pop chase is the Red Eyes chase is $220 in value. Oh boy, only so 220 bucks. Oh, hey, geez. it's half off of what I originally let's, thought Let's it get was. 10 of them. Oh, but man. Still, you, you can still get the Blu-ray sets and the discs are, and everything else. I already have the Blu-ray set. No, I'm just saying you could. Whatever. Anywho. Well, that, well, well, that was the coolest thing about the Blu-ray set is it came with an exclusive metallic chrome Funko Pop with it. All right, so, anyway. You wanted to mention the anniversary animated short done by Darwin Cook, another rest in peace, unfortunately, because he is a fantastic artist and a good dude. Yep. Darwin Cook did a piece for Batman Beyond, which features the Batman teaming up in the Batcave against a legion of robots. Batman. Yes. Robot (laughs) Batman, the different animated versions, essentially. It's a really neat short. I like to imagine that it ties into Batman, the animated series, and the robots were made by Hardak. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hardak, by the way, who was from Cybertron, which I always get a kick out of. That short, when that came out for the 75th anniversary, which, ladies and gentlemen, this is the 85th year of Batman being created. We are, oh, my God. Holy crap. But 10 years ago, when that short came out, I my joke. Batman Beyond consistently, everything that I've read, watched, listened to, it always makes my jaw hit the floor because it's so awesome and so great. And I didn't even, even though I was all over the internet scouring for Batman Beyond stuff back in 2014, until they announced this, I didn't even know. And it's Kevin Conroy and Will Friedel back up. And it has one of Kevin's best lines he ever did. Because I can hear the smile in his voice when he says it. Batmobile ignition. And I'm like, oh, hell yes. It was, it was just so good. And it's just a little thing. But just for me, it's those little things that just matter so much more. And it's it's a short, but it's a fun little short, you know. Seven against two. Yeah, really bad odds for them. I just, I, I love that. It was so good. I like yeah. it a lot. It also yep. works in continuity. Like it's per- perfectly fine to consider mm-hmm. it there. It's good. I wish they'd do more with these. I wish they'd do something more with a lot of the DC animated universe, but that's a story for another day because it kind of feels just forgotten about for Well, ever. it doesn't it doesn't feel forgotten about to me anymore. It used to when Kevin was still here. Without Kevin I'm moving away from Batman most of the time. Yeah, now. no, I'm fine if they don't do anything in terms of. Yeah. That, I don't know. It just, it would be nice if they acknowledged it a little more, I guess. It doesn't have to actually feature characters or that doesn't mean a new series set in the DC animated universe or anything like that. Just right, yeah. Acknowledge and advertise the existence of the old one. Yeah. It just feels like Warner's just doesn't, I don't know, know what to do with it or want anything to do with it. Well, everybody for the longest time, and I was against this while Kevin Conroy was alive. I understand why people love it, and that's great for them. And I'm okay with it now because Kevin's no longer with us. But for years, at least a decade, people have said, put Michael Keaton as old man Bruce and give us a Batman Beyond movie. I like the idea now, but it's only because Kevin's not here anymore. Yeah, it just wouldn't have been the same anyway, and it still yeah. won't be the same, because, I mean, Will is probably not going to be Terry in it. No, he's probably not. I wish he would be, but I, I, I think he he could be. He's not. He's in his mid, mid-40s. mid He's, I don't know. Yes, he's um, going to play a 16-year-old. This isn't Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, uh, no. I never know. <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to de-age him with CGI in every shot. 
we we already saw from the Flash and segments of Justice League what the DC CGI looks like. I'm not sure that's a great idea. Hey, man, any, anytime I get to reference this, especially since this is the 10 year anniversary when that film came out, I swear when Michael Keaton showed up as Monarch in Need for Speed back in, tw- I'm like, holy crap, it's Bruce Wayne setting up car races. Holy crap. But, but yeah, no, Batman Beyond 25th anniversary. Watch the good episodes, folks. Don't watch the bad ones. Avoid rats at all costs. Just in general, unless you really like them and have them as pets. It's a good advice. All right. Where can the people find you? Well, I am still on Twix. Somebody said that the other day to me. I was like, I'm at TFG and Mike on, on Twitter slash X. And you can follow at Geekcast Radio for all the other network updates. I'm on Instagram, TFG and Mike Presents. And yeah, just head over to geekcastradio.com. Check out all the shows that we do over there. Thank you for joining me. We are UpNerd, and you can find us on X at UpNerdPodcasts. You can email us, UpNerdPodcasts at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook as UpNerd. Please feel free to like, comment, subscribe, whatever. Rate, review the podcast. Everything helps. Everything's appreciated. Feel free to recommend it to your friends, enemies, well-wishers, harm-wishers, whatever. Batmen, Batwomen, Batpeople. Yes, Batpeople. In any case, hope everybody's doing well and have a good day. <laughs>